What is up, guys? Welcome back. Um, you know I'm not good at intros, Jake. Um, but yes, we're back. It's the Sports with Jake and Matt podcast. I'm Matt, as you know. Uh, Jake, what's up, dude? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm enjoying my day. Uh, pretty quiet in terms of NFL news, which has been disappointing. The last podcast we did, there was news coming, like, as we were doing the podcast. Um, so compared to two days of news, it's probably more news than we've received since our last podcast. So it, the, the news has definitely slowed down. And there are still some notable free agents still left. Um, but we are mainly going to go over the free agents that signed since our last podcast. And we have something planned for the NBA. Considering we haven't talked to NBA in a few podcasts, it's been a hot minute since we have done that. So, yes, it has. Uh, yeah, that's really, that is really all, all there is to say. That's our plan for the podcast, so there's no, we're not going to waste any more time, so let's jump not, right into yeah. it. So, oh, the first notable signing since... Start out biased. Um, oh yeah, so let's talk about the Giants. So, uh, before we go into the first notable signing, which is a Giants signing, because the first notable signing was Mike Glennon... The New York Giants signed the greatest quarterback in the NFC East right now, Mike Glennon. <laughs> uh, if Daniel Jones gets hurt or he's benched, it's okay because we have the GOAT quarterback as our backup. Mike Glennon! So, yeah, he, he did not win a game, and he had a couple starts last year. He did not win a game with the Jaguars, but you know what? If I was the quarterback for the Jaguars, I wouldn't win a game either. So who am I to judge? So, uh, oh. yeah. So let's get into a more important signing. Unfortunately, it's more important. I wish Mike Glennon was a little bit better, so we wouldn't be joking about he, yeah. how he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But Kenny Galladay is on the Giants. Man, this is enormous news. This is the best thing that could have happened for a Giants fan. Best thing that could have happened for the Giants. So I just really I this move is incredible. So Matt, what do you think? Well let's get into the details. Jake, you're gonna yell at everybody because we all know on your TikTok you always yell at people, be like, Hey yo, this guy's getting overpaid. This guy's getting overpaid. Uh yeah, this is a bit of an overpay, but it's to a worthy guy, I'd say. Uh, it's four years, seventy two million dollars. Um, that's a little much yeah, I mean I can kinda side with you as a little much. Um I want to talk about, I might go on a little rant here, and you might be able to back me up. I want to talk about the people that are all like, you know, who's going to throw him the ball? Who's going to, how is he going to, he's not going to be as good. No one's throwing him the ball. This is why we sign him. We sign him to make Danny Dimes better. We sign him to help out Daniel Jones. This wasn't a terrible move at all. I think this helps Daniel Jones a lot, especially... It may not help him with pocket presence because that's been an issue. It's definitely not going to help the O-line because we're going to need some O-linemen. At this point, that's probably what we're doing in the draft. But I think with a receiver like Galladay, he's going to go up maybe for those jump balls that Daniel Jones may want to try starting to throw. He hasn't. We haven't seen him do that much. But uh, he's that type of receiver that's going to give you the 50-50 chance and give you 100% at the time. So... This is this is a step forward. People, you better watch and see because I don't I, I really think this is 
there's a lot of upside coming from this, and I don't think people are seeing that. I definitely think so too. Um, my main my main issue with the people who say it's an overpay, I see this as like a Dak situation where what were the Giants gonna do? Because you need to put Daniel Jones under some sort of pressure to succeed. You can't. It's not justified if you um, just uh, pull him as the starter when he's never really had a wide receiver one. His offensive line was and still is iffy. So getting that number one receiver ensures that this is Daniel Jones' last year as a New York Giant if he does not um, at least go 500 and shows improvement as an actual quarterback. Um, uh, it is, and it's like the Giants had no other options except to go after Galladay. They need to put Daniel Jones under pressure. Dave, this is Dave Gettleman. This is his guy. He came in and he drafted Daniel Jones, projected to be a second, third round pick. Took him sixth overall when he had two first round picks, and he took for for a guy who was projected to go in the second or third round. He chose him with the first for the six the sixth overall pick instead of the seventeenth overall pick that we acquired through the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Uh, instead of picking him there, which he probably wouldn't have gone picks uh, 6 through 17, um, he selected him with the 6th overall pick. So, big, it's a, a lot of weight on Gettleman. It's his guy. He needs his guy to succeed or else he's going to lose his job. And he's going after making the Giants in a win-now mode. They also went after Kyle Rudolph, which... Um, it's not the it's not the greatest fit unless they're gonna m move into like a more of a classical uh, two tight end set for the like the Patriots used to do. So I mean, I mean they also they also signed a defensive player, which I want to give Matt the the chance to talk about first. Um, but the Giants, they're they're putting Daniel Jones under pressure. Dave Gettleman is realizing that the Giants need to go into a win-now type of mode, considering that this is his golden opportunity to win a poor division, and he needs to win now. This is this is kind of like a a poor man's Belichick setup, like with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I could see this being the Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram type thing, but. Kyle Rudolph, he's he's a little, he's a vet, obviously. I think, unlike Evan Ingram, uh, Kyle Rudolph knows how to uh, a catch a ball, um, yeah. and two actually make the Pro Bowl for a particular reason. Um, I think that you you basically covered it all. This is Gettleman's dude. He decided to take him at six. A lot of people are like, dude, he's going to be there at 17. He'll possibly be there in your third round pick. This is what he wants. He's got to do what he has, whatever he has to do to prove to us that Daniel Jones is the guy. So far, really hasn't worked out. Doesn't mean it's, doesn't mean the plan goes away in the trash. He's, he's developing. He's got to get time. I think the main thing it's just we gotta we gotta protect him in the pocket. We need a better old line. Some of it, I'm I'm gonna honestly say, it really isn't his fault. Um, but I think he's definitely improved, especially this season. He's definitely improved uh, as a runner. Uh, he's been more accurate. Honestly, he's been more accurate. Uh, he he 
Except the turnovers, that's probably the only other thing that I can think of besides pocket presence. Uh, he's he's not that bad. He's a little underrated, but at the same time, it's Daniel Jones. Um, so yeah, I feel as if this this could be a step forward. Um, especially with this this division that we're playing in, Jake. This is terrible. Yeah, um, you, you you really do need to take advantage of that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we move on to Adore Jackson? So Adore Jackson also was signed by the New York Giants to help this oh, defense. Oh boy, three years, thirty-nine oh, million. Uh, again, eh, eh, a bit of an overpay. I don't, I don't really know, but he he's pretty good. He's better than uh he's not better than Bradbury, but he's better than everyone except for Bradbury at the cornerback position. And I was also I was also uh. Told I, for, I forget where this is from, but I'm pretty sure the Giants are planning on move, moving Logan Ryan back to corner, and they're going to start Xavier McKinney, who was the second, the early second round pick from 2019, who was pretty much injured the whole year this year, and now he's being brought in. He had that clutch interception week 17 against the Dallas Cowboys, which sold, which sealed the game. So I'm pretty sure they're going to give him the starting role at free safety. And they're going to move Logan Ryan back down the corner. So our corners are going to be... Um, Bradbury, Bradbury Logan Jackson, Ryan. and Ryan. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That is really good, actually. That's not pretty good. That's really good. Um, so uh, uh, I think they might move. I think they might move off of, like, Yadam. Um, and they might move off of... What's his, what's his name? Uh... Who's the other corner we have? The um, I don't remember. Uh, I don't even know, but I think they're gonna move off of a corner too, considering that now McKinney's probably gonna get uh, safety time while Logan Ryan goes back to his natural position. So this de- this secondary is looking even better, and the secondary wasn't even the wasn't even the strength of last year's defense. It was ma- it was mostly uh, the run the run and the pass rush defense that was present so don't be surprised the Giants defense is top seven possibly top five if all the pieces really come together which um along with Saquon Barkley coming back I can really see this team become like a poor man's like 2019-2020 49ers squad where they don't really heavily rely on their quarterback but it's more like a a west coast run defensive team I can really see Joe Judge running that type of thing Especially because he got Rudolph, who is a pr- Rudolph is a good blocking tight end as well. Um, I can see him running a lot with Barkley and Booker, um, and less relying on Daniel Jones. Which the less Daniel Jones is probably better for the offense in general. So, I, if this if this team puts all the pieces together and everything just mi- mixes well. I think the Giants are going to win the division, and I think they're going to. I think that's. I think that's their ceiling. I think they win the division. I'm not sure if they win a playoff game. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that would happen. But I think we we have a good shot of winning the division. I think a lot of people were overlooking this defense last year. A lot of people were talking about. Oh, look at Tay Crowder. Oh, look at Xavier McKinney. Look at all these dudes. Look at Bradbury. No one was really doing that. Um, and now they're going to be because look at 
I think this defense is scarier than it was last year, and last year was pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think last year the most points we gave up was that game against Dallas in Week 5 when we don't need to talk about the uh, what happened. But, yeah, I think that was the most points we gave up. That was like 34. And, oh, no, no, 37, but it doesn't matter. Any other day, any other day, like any other game, we did pretty, we did pretty well. We gave up twelve points against the Seahawks. Seahawks. At the time, we know they weren't doing that good. They, like Russell Wilson wasn't himself at the time, but still, twelve points—that's not a lot at all. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, this defense—they know what they're doing, and I think to really improve, this is the step they needed to take and grab an extra corner like a Dory Jackson, who. Has been overlooked as well. I think he's pretty skilled in my in his own right. So I think this is uh, this is a good step up. And I think Jake, I do, I think agree, I do agree. If the pieces uh, of the puzzle come together correctly, uh, we may win the division. That doesn't mean we're winning thirteen games. I honestly don't expect that either. We might go like nine and seven, ten and six. Uh, but wait, didn't you say it was like seventeen games this year? next year there might be a lot of people claim there is i've looked it up i'm not i haven't found like a viable source that says that but i'm pretty sure that's uh that's part of like the collective bargaining agreement that they had a couple uh, last year or like the players association i don't think it's called the bargaining agreement in the nfl i think it's like the players association like contract or something i think they signed something where they play an extra game and, like, that's how the playoff format changed. So, I think so, but I, I haven't been able to confirm nor deny that. Whether it be seven. Okay, that's, be, that, that's besides the point. I think we get nine or ten wins. Who knows who we play, if we, if depending on who we play, if we win a playoff game. But I think we, if, if, all, if all goes well, we do win the division. I think this team is due for uh, some redemption this year. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, that's all we have for ranting. I mean, we just wanted to start out biased. Jake, what else do we have to cover that's really notable? Yeah, so we we do have a we do have a good bit of signings. Uh, nothing that's going to really change the landscape of the league necessarily, but there's a bunch of signings that will uh, turn some good teams into great teams or some okay teams into some good teams. So one signing that I do want to mention is Will Fuller signed a one-year contract with the Miami Dolphins, giving Tua Tonga Viola his um his his weapon. He had Devontae Parker was pretty much injured the entire time he was starting last year. He wasn't throwing to anyone. He had Mike Gesicki, and that was about it. So grabbing Will Fuller, it it makes it a lot more interesting what they do with that third overall pick. And also makes Tua's life a lot easier. So, Matt, what are your overall thoughts on Will Fuller? First of all, I don't even know if we mentioned that last week, but we mentioned so many people that I'm just going to forget. So, anyway, this is probably one of the biggest, well, not one of the biggest, but one of the key signings that the Dolphins can make. Uh, they don't really have to worry about, they may not even take, but they may, that might not have been their plan in the first place, but they don't have to worry about taking a receiver third. Um, they can... They can do whatever, what do whatever, uh, fill whatever other hole they have to fill. Maybe at O line or something like that. But um, yeah, Will Fuller, uh, minus the uh, the suspension, he was doing pretty good. Uh, for those of you who watched that Thanksgiving game against the Lions, he had two forty plus yard touchdowns. 
Um, so he's definitely had, definitely has the talent, along with Mike Isiki. Guys, Mike Isiki, I'm sorry, Mike Isiki is a top ten tight end. I know people are already saying that, but people aren't acting like it. He is really skilled. Uh, if you do not see what this dude does on the field, uh, you're missing out because that dude is really skilled as a tight end. Uh, Tua can use him to his his advantage too, along with Devontae Parker and uh, who knows, maybe Jakeem Grant. I don't know who's gonna be that. Who's gonna be that third guy? We don't really know. Um, it could be a bunch of people, but I think that Will Fuller is definitely gonna help out the receiving core for sure. Yeah, I do think the, I do think uh, the signing of Will Fuller will not will help Tua obviously, but it does make that third overall pick a lot more interesting. Do they trade back? A lot of people are speculating they do. They people are speculating that they might take a quarterback. I see that fairly unlikely. The last time we saw that was Josh Rosen, and Tua is miles better than Josh Rosen. Oh, no. So I, oh, yeah. I, I really don't think that Miami would take a quarterback at number three, considering they just took a quarterback at five last year. It would be smart to take an offensive lineman, but it's not like their offensive line is bad or anything. It's pretty It's pretty average, maybe oh, slightly if, below average. But even then, it, they was, lay, it was totally fine. Oh, what if, what if they land Sewell? Like, that would be sweet for them. Yeah, that's what they would probably draft at three if they were to keep the pick. My prediction is that they trade back. I think that they would rather get some depth. They would still go O-line. They might go linebacker. Um, They might go another receiver, maybe. Because really, you're only going to get 11, 12 games out of Fuller. Fuller is very prone to injury and suspension. He's been suspended more than once, and he's also going to miss week one of the season this year. So you're only really going to get 11, 12, maybe 13 games if you're lucky at a Will Fuller. So you do need to prepare some other weapons just in case Will Fuller is out for more than expected, considering of his injury history. So I I think they're going to trade out. They might get a couple first-round picks. I think they might get a few second-round picks. I see a team maybe like the Chicago Bears or the San Francisco 49ers trading up for a quarterback. Uh, I can also see maybe them just straight up trading that pick for like an established starter that's on the trade block. Um, they can do a bunch of things with that pick, um, but we we shall see when that bridge comes along. Okay. I wanna I wanna move on. I have a signing I'd like to go on, man. I'd like what do you, what do you to say? Uh, talk about. Uh, um, t- if we're talking bolstering defensive line. Uh, I want to talk about Sheldon Rankins going to the Jets. Okay. Um, this is very, uh, again, this is another underrated type move. Sheldon Rankins, uh, very skilled. On an already very nice uh, Jets defensive line, that honestly got better this offseason. Uh, they also got, um, who did they got? Hendrickson? They signed Hendrickson, right? They didn't sign Hendrickson. They signed Carl Lawson. No, not yet. Carl Lawson, he's pretty good too. So... Definitely the front seven's getting better. Uh, secondary could be the little bump in the road there. But I think Sheldon Rankins has the talent to really bolster uh, this defensive line and really getting really get a star, uh, even though he is a tackle, uh, really get a star um, on the line, get some, pass, get some pass rush. They really didn't have any. So um, this is overlooked a little bit. I, 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 I don't really know if you have that many thoughts on this, Jake. I just thought it was very important for the Jets. 
I really do think Sheldon Rankins is a really good option for the Jets. I would not be surprised if the Jets won a few games next year, like like a lot of games, in fact. I think that that defense, which is improving, they really need to figure out that secondary. They didn't make too many moves to the secondary, but they got Coral Lawson. They already had uh, Quinn and Williams, who's really good. They had Sheldon Rankins now. Obviously, that's what we're talking about. So their run defense specifically, especially if C.J. Mosley doesn't get traded, which is looking like he is, but if he doesn't get traded, that's a pretty big plus. Um, that that rushing defense is going to be really tough, and I don't think that a lot of teams are going to be able to match up to it. And if Carl Lawson can get the pressures that he can off of the edge, they're going to make some teams uncomfortable, and they could have, I think, an average to slightly above average defense next year. Um... If they want to win now, I think they should stick with Darnold, but I don't think they will. I think they'll go with Wilson or Fields with the second overall pick, and then from there they would plan for the future. But as of right now, that defense is not looking very bad, and I'm surprised that the Jets have gone heavy defense in this offseason. Yeah, honestly, that was probably one of the things that they honestly should have done, because defense was uh, was a... Uh, not so good spot for the Jets, uh, but now they have some members of the front seven. Jake, are there any other uh, signings you want to talk about? Oh yeah, I want to talk about one. So, one that I want to talk about, it's actually two signings, because I'm not sure if we talked about it. Actually, no, we did. We talked about uh, Ronald Darby, but I want to talk about Kyle Kyle, uh, Fuller. So Kyle Fuller was cut by the Bears after our podcast on Wednesday. And he was also, about like a couple hours after officially being cut, he signed with the Denver Broncos. So, I think the Denver Broncos secondary is now the best secondary in the NFL. They have Bryce Callahan, who is super underrated. They have Kyle Fuller, obviously, a Pro Bowl-level corner. And then they also have Ronald Darby, who they just signed from from the Washington football team. So, that this that secondary, as long with Justin Simmons as the safety, like Woo! you can't really compete with that as a quarterback. Now they did resign Von Miller. I'm pretty sure. Did we talk about that? If yes, we, we briefly, I, yeah. So they resigned Von Miller. So that so the pass rush along with uh, Bradley Chubb isn't going to be bad either. Um, you can raise some questions about their rush defense, but. Considering how the cor- the quarterback is going to get rushed, and then the corners are also locked down too, this is a top five passing defense, and maybe the best secondary in the NFL, considering how deep their corners are. Um, I don't consider Kyle Fuller a superstar, um, but Justin Simmons certainly is, and Bryce Callahan and Ronald Darby aren't scrubs either. So this Denver secondary is going to be scary next year. And I, I would. It's a shame that Drew Locke is their quarterback. Drew Locke really has like no upside. Um, I might be wrong with that. I only watched one. Uh, actually, no. I watched two Denver Bronco games, but one of them uh, was it was against the Jets, and I think it was uh, Driscoll who was the starter of that game. Oh, no, wait, the one on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, Thursday Night Football, or maybe that was the oh, other guy. Brett Rippin. Yeah, that was Rippin. Brett Rippin. And then the other Broncos game I watched was the Bills on that Saturday game, and Drew Locke just looked awful. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe Broncos fans, maybe you can prove me wrong. Maybe he has a, t- a tiny bit of upside. 
But considering that his offensive line still kind of stinks, and considering that, um, actually, no, he has, he has pretty decent receivers. Cortland Sutton's good. Jerry Judy's good. Um, uh, Hamler's good. And they have one other guy that I'm just blanking out about. Um, Judy. Did Judy? No, I said Judy. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I said, I said Sutton. Are you listening? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nah. So, I don't really know who they have. Yeah, so, yeah, I forgot who they have, but they, okay. he, he has good receivers. Uh, what about Tim Patrick? They, they, there we go, Tim Patrick, that's the guy. Um, I blanked out for a sec. So, that's 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 all I have to say. Um, Matt, do you, any, anyone you want to talk about specifically? Um, I'm trying to think, because, not, like you said, not a lot of these really affect the whole, like, Stage of the league. I think I think there's a few. Um, Want me to help you out? And yeah, go ahead. All right. So, uh, I know that the the narrative is that running backs are replaceable, but you, you can clearly see the win loss uh the win loss um comparison when Chris Carson is not on the field for the Seahawks, and when she is injury prone, he is an injury prone running back, but he got a three year, twenty four million dollar deal. Which isn't an overpay at all. That's a pretty good contract for uh, Chris Carson. And overpaying running backs is a bad thing. But this is not an overpay. He's not that expensive. Um, you can see um, in the win-loss, I wish I had the stat, but I remember seeing it, that without Chris Carson, the Seahawks were like awful, like an awful football team without Chris Carson. So I think Chris Carson brings some sort of off-the-field impact. Or a lock, or like some sort of like inspirational impact to the Seahawks because they play a lot better with Chris Carson on the field. So I really, I really, really like this move, and it's being overlooked by a lot of people that the Seahawks brought him back. Yeah, I think Chris Carson definitely uh, one of the more uh, overlooked backs in the league. Uh, with that stat that you are trying to find, or was, or were looking at, um, I could see that the the. Seahawks, uh, on, uh, as well as Russell Wilson's arm, sometimes do rely on the run game. Um, and without, they had a really weird uh, situation when they were all injured. It ended up being Carlos Hyde. Then it was Travis Homer. Then he went down. Then it was, uh, it was like Alex Collins. They they signed him. He he used to be uh, a decent running back for the Ravens. Then they brought in. Uh, Bo Scarborough, who hasn't played since like 2018, um, it was a very weird situation. I think if this guy stays healthy, which is a very slight possibility, uh, it'll be key for the Seahawks offense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I do agree with your statement there with the running backs. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. Um, let's see, what else do we got here? Ooh. Trying to look and see what else is important here. I I have one that's pretty important. Um, but uh, do you have do you have anything to say before we keep oh, going? Uh, if I'm not finding it, you can just speak. So go ahead. Okay, so Juju got resigned. I think that's an underrated signing. Ah uh, yes. Um, on a really team friendly deal, one year, eight million. That's not going to hurt the Seahawks. I mean, not the Seahawks, the Steelers too much. Uh, the St- the Steelers have lost a bunch of defensive pieces. They they lost two corners. They weren't able to bring back Bud Dupree. They released somebody. 
Um, yeah, corner. One of the corners. They were they released Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson and they lost another guy. They lost they lost Mike Hilton. Those are the two guys. And then they also um lost Bud Dupree, obviously. So the defense took a few hits, but re-signing Juju is gonna uh, especially for the role he plays on the Steelers, he's he's going to really help that offense, considering that Big Ben does not look good at all. Um, he did not look good last year, especially towards the talent. I think that um, I think that the Steelers should really consider making taking a quarterback this year. I feel like they're they should really have they should really be one of those contenders to trade up with Miami for that third overall pick if they can even do that I mean I don't I don't think the Steelers have the assets to trade for the number three overall pick and if they did it would take them out of contention which is not what they want um but I do think the Steelers the, I mean Big Ben looked awful he's only going to give you 12 12 like decent games before he just starts like crumbling like he's worth it his work ethic is terrible the Steelers just want to keep him around because he's Big Ben he's a fan favorite uh, it's very clear. So, what does this all mean for Juju? Well, the role that he played in the offense of just being a plug-and-play guy, anywhere he can be the deep threat, he ran a lot of short routes. Basically, whatever the Steelers told him to do, he was there and he was helping Big Ben. So, uh, he, he did make a really big impact on this team. Uh, I think that not a lot of people were willing to take the chance on Juju because of the whole TikTok stuff, and he didn't even have a great season last year. So, I think that... Taking the one-year deal gives him another contract year to try to prove himself to get a longer extension with a different team somewhere else. I think the only thing I have to say is uh, he's got to watch his his locker room stuff. Um, I think talent-wise, he's pretty good. Uh, just don't be stomping on the Bengals logo. They're going to pop you and send you to a, like the next dimension. That Von Bell hit was um, so crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, do not do that again. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty good for the Steelers. Uh, I'm totally in agreement with you. Maybe they uh, draft a quarterback uh, this year, send him to quarterback school behind probably uh, historically one of the best quarterbacks we'll ever see play with the Steelers besides uh, Te- Teddy Brad- uh, Terry Bradshaw. Um, Big Ben in his... Younger days was probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league at one point. So whoever they draft, he's going to learn a lot. They're going to learn a lot from. Um, so that might be a smart idea in case he does decide, hey, I want to hang up the the cleats this year uh, at the end of this year. Uh, even with the new contract that he's gotten, uh, it may be time to see a different see a different view uh, of the world there, Big Grandpa Ben. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. I think that if they do draft a quarterback, it may be one of the smarter decisions. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's, a, there's, like, there's two more signings that's worth noting. Um, Go ahead. And then there's a few other, like, re-signs, and then there's also Keanu. Keanu Neal. Keanu which yeah, Keanu Neal. Which might be worth noting. Um, not going to make the Cowboys defense any better, of course. Um, if, oh. if Listen, if you want to come onto our podcast and just, like, uh, here's an open invitation. If you want to come into our podcast, DM us on Instagram, but the only catch is that you have to bash the Cowboys for like 10 minutes. And if you can do that for 10 minutes straight, you're allowed on, on your podcast whenever you want. 
because everyone hates the Cowboys, so that's something you can do if you want. Um, open invitation. Go ahead. And do we have? Do we really have to? Do we really have to say much? Yeah, I mean, okay. Okay, first of all, it's Keanu Neal. Right, like he's not bad. Like this defense has already been kind of struggling anyway. Like, who's their best player now? Like Jalen Smith. Like Vander Esch has fell fallen off. Uh, they don't really have a pass rush. I mean, they have Everson Griffin, but like he's aging. They they may have to go defense in the draft, which is why I'm thinking they're taking either Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertain at corner because they don't really have corner either. Like, I mean, it's a step. No, it's a step somewhere. I just don't know where the step is going. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, that defense just... I mean, he's not going to hurt the defense. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Oh, definitely player. not. He's good. But the Cowboys defense still stinks. It's, he's not going to change that. Um, the most underrated signing in the offseason, by far, um, it's not even close, Troy Hill to the Browns. Four years. Oh my gosh, million. yes. Uh, I wanted the Giants to get Troy Hill so bad, but it's okay because they got a Dory Jackson. I still think Troy Hill is just so underrated that he's probably even better than a Dory Jackson. It's like he he was a perfect number two besides Jalen Ramsey, and now he's on the Browns. Like that Browns secondary, they're gonna get Grant Delpit back. He's basically in a similar situation as Xavier McKinney. Super talented, should have been a first round pick, but he was injured all of last year. And now he's going to come back. Grant Delpit is really good. Um, they're getting. They're also getting Greedy Williams back, and uh, Troy Hill is going to just really, really help that secondary. Um, also, John Johnson will be a safety too. Like that secondary, and they have a good passer too. They have uh, Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, uh, super talented guys. They need to work on the linebackers a little bit, but if they sign a linebacker. The Browns' defense is going to go from bad to really good. And you know, you saw their run-heavy offense did last year. So, Troy Hill. Look out for Troy Hill. I don't I don't think a lot of people have been noticing the moves that the Browns have been making. Like, they've made this secondary, like, really good. Like, like really good. Like, if the Broncos aren't number one, I might put the Browns. But you have to see how good they do. But... Based off of what they've been doing, it looks pretty good for from what I'm what I've been seeing. The Browns are really trying to make another playoff push, like they just did, um, and that's definitely one way to do it. Bolster your defense. Most would say defense wins championships, but obviously they've got the offense to show for it too. So I think defense is where you go. Um, I, I I really like. I like these. I like the moves. This is a very underrated squad that uh, defensively that they're building, and a lot of people are are, are overlooking that. And you gotta stop doing that, guys. You've been doing that a lot lately. You gotta stop. Too many people are overlooking like defensive players. The casual NFL fan, which uh, well, honestly, not, I'm gonna give yeah. all our all our listeners the benefit of the doubt and say that you guys know a good bit about football. So I'm not. This isn't really applying to you. But a lot of average NFL fans, a lot of casual NFL fans, I mean, they are really undervaluing some of these defensive signings. Um, Troy Hill, only $8 million a year for four years of Troy Hill. Like, that's a wonderful contract for the Browns. Yes, sir. Um, I'm trying to see. Okay, so I'm going to go on to the worst signing of the offseason. 
I, I wasn't planning on talking about this because I wasn't planning on having to talk about this because it's just so incredibly dumb and why it even happened. So <laughs> the Oakland, I mean, I call it the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, basically uh, got rid of four out of five offensive line starters and used the cap space they freed up to sign Kenyon Drake to a two-year $14 million. The only thing that's good about the signing is that their backfield pair is going to be called Drake and Josh. Which is gonna oh be, God! That, that's super. Oh that's God. super cool. That's so cool and amazing, and that's gonna be it's really kind of cool. But they lost four out of five offensive line starters. How, how do you even come back from that? Oh my um, God! Their offensive line went from really underrated to really bad, and their defense didn't get any better. And they signed Kenyon Drake to a. Backup to an he's now an overpaid backup running back. That is Drake awful. Josh. Oh my god. The, Think, that, yeah, I, the Drake and Josh nickname is the only thing that is good. That I, I was about to say that's probably the only thing that's going to get people excited. This is the only thing. This is such an awful contract. If you guys don't know who that is, you do not have a life. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Ken, Kenyon Drake. Oh my. Oh, PTSD yeah. for some fantasy football players. And now oh he gets God. a $7 million a year to be a backup running back on a team <laughs> that released four out of five offensive line starters. At least it's not Devontae and, Dre- and uh, Josh. So. Devontae and Josh. Devontae and Josh. Yes, that, that is yeah. very good. Okay. Moving on to a okay. signing that's a lot better than that because uh, you can't get much better than that. I mean, get much worse than that. Um, it's a signing that no one's really talking about, which is a... Anthony Harris is now an Eagle. Um, oh, the Eagles defense, I just saw that. The Eagles defense is still not good. But, wow. He's he, he's a good player. Anthony, Anthony Harris is a very good player. Now he's no longer on the Vikings. I think this means more to the Vikings than it does to the Eagles because the Eagles defense is still not going to be any good. The Eagles are still not going to be any good. Um, they're still overpaying a lot of players, and I'm pretty sure they're still playing Carson Wentz. So... The Eagles are just a dumpster fire. In terms of dumpster fires right now, there's like the Texans, there's the Eagles, the Lions, there's the Raiders, the Raiders. There's dumpster fire organizations right now, and there's a lot of them too. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand anything anymore. <laughs> so yeah, and of course, yeah. I saved the best for last. Do it up, Jake. I know exactly where you're going. And I'm, I don't think I'm even joking about this. I think this signing is actually going to mean a lot to the NFL. Mitch Trubisky is now a Buffalo Bill as Josh yeah. Allen's backup. So, um, I mean, I, I did anyone see this coming? I, I didn't see this one coming. I thought he would definitely get a starting role. Mitch Trubisky is, is like, Really underrated. He wins games. And for everyone, for everyone who thinks that wins isn't a quarterback, isn't a, is like isn't a quarterback stat, and it's mostly on the team. I see where you're coming from, but quarterback is by far the most important position on the field. And if your quarterback is winning games, he's probably good. And Mitch Trubisky was winning games. He has, I think, he has a higher win percentage than Watson in his career. Which, they made the playoffs. They have no to be one, semi-decent. Listen, no one is arguing that Mitch Trubisky is better than Deshaun Watson. That is just straight-up idiotic. But he wins games. 
he wins. He's a winner. He's a, a winning quarterback, and he's a winning quarterback by a sizable margin with like a good sample size. And he didn't have much around him, like any of that time. He had Allen Robinson, uh, a below average O line, and he won games out of it. So I'm surprised he got a backup role for Josh Allen. I'm very surprised that he just settled for a backup role. Uh, teams that teams that really could have needed him. Uh, the Broncos. The Broncos. Washington. Um, it would have it wouldn't have been a bad move if Philly brought him in. Uh, even, I, uh, even if the Giants brought in Mitch, I wouldn't complain. They wouldn't that complain either. Get a, get a quarterback uh, competition between Jones and Trubisky. I also I um, complain. I like, he's to... a winning quarterback. He wins games. Made the, they made the playoffs last year. Is it a coincidence that he went three and zero? He was benched. Then they were five and eight, and then Mitch Trubisky comes in back and they in make the playoffs. It doesn't. I mean, he wins games, and for people who think that uh, wins are entirely not the quarterback's fault, like if you win, it's not the quarterback's fault. If you lose, it's not the quarterback's fault. Dude, you come to your senses. If you cannot win as a quarterback, you're not a good quarterback. You need to be able to win. I think the only real exception to that is, like, Watson, because everyone knows Houston's a dumpster fire. And that's, like, the only exception. Like, if, um, if Daniel Jones yeah. won football games, and if the Giants won the division last year, nobody would be nobody would be calling Jones trash right now. Nobody. Oh. If if Daniel Jones won the division last year, no one would be calling him bad. Nobody. If I don't know if we mentioned it, but um, they did replace him with Andy Dalton? Question mark. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. So you go from Trubisky, who comes in and Andy wins football Dalton. games, to Andy Dalton, who comes in and loses football games. And about an hour ago, Schefter posted a tweet that the Bears posted. Uh, it was a picture of Andy Dahl, and it said QB1 on it. So, he's their starter. Oi. That, that, I don't understand. That is just straight up absolute. Oh, my God. I'm, Trubis Dalton is a downgrade from Trubisky. Easily. I would take Trubisky at over Dalton. So, for sure. I mean, that dude knows how to win games. I feel like, and I, if it doesn't look like it, he does. I don't wish injury upon anyone, but if Josh Allen were to get injured and Trubisky were to come in for the Bills and win some games, um, he's getting a starting role somewhere next season, next offseason, because he did sign a one-year contract with the Bills. This isn't a long-term deal. This is not anything like that. So, I mean, that that's crazy, bro. So. Yeah. Like why? I'm so um, why? I'm I'm scrolling through. I think that's where we're gonna end it in terms of talking. There was a bunch of other signings. Uh, I think I think I just want to list them. So Jared Cook. You can signed, go, wait, go ahead. Jared Cook signed with the Chargers to be Hunter Henry's placement. That's kind of important. Uh, Trent Sherfield um, signed with the Niners. Keelan Cole signed with the Jets. Um, Dan Feeney signed with the Jets. Ew. David Moore signed with the Panthers. Um, 
Brashad Perryman's a Lion now. Desmond King uh, is now on the Texans. The Texans have been making a bunch of defensive moves. I wouldn't be surprised. They got if Desmond King. I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans' defense is like it, like like NFC yeah. Championship Desmond King. Yeah, he formerly on the Titans. Oh, that de- oh oh wrong King. I'm thinking of Kevin King. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, Lamarcus Joyner is a Jet. That's another underrated move for the Jets. Ooh, Lamarcus Joyner. Oh, they got Lamarcus Joyner. Um, the Patriots resigned David Andrews. The Bengals um, signed uh, Riley Reef. The, they also signed Ricardo Allen. They released Geno Atkins, so he's on the market right now, which is interesting. Uh, the Steelers. Um, I'm pretty sure the Steelers released uh, Stephen Nelson. Oh. Oh, Jake, Jake, we forgot one. Who? Joe, Fla- Joe Flacco signed with the Eagles. Yes, Joe Flacco is now an Eagle. Imagine if he wins the job over Hurts. That'd be so funny. That's funny. Um, Someone semi-important um, is that Kyle Van Noy is now on the Patriots again for the second time. But that's yeah. not too important. Uh, uh, also on the Patriots, we got uh, Raekwon McMillan. Uh... We got Ryan Finley, which was traded to the was traded to the Texans. So now they're gonna have the wonderful quarterback competition for between assuming Watson leaves, we have Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Finley. That's a that's a tough one. Um what the Bills signed Jacob Hollister. Yeah, go on yeah. Matt. Uh, the Bucks signed another piece of their Super Bowl team, Nadamakan Sue. And Donovan Smith. They signed him, too. They also signed Donovan Smith, dude. They brought everyone back except for Antonio Brown. Poor Antonio Brown. He's the, he's, oh, he's he's the odd man out. He's the odd man out. Antonio Brown, if you didn't see my TikTok, super underrated. I think that if he goes to a team with a weak wide receiver one, he could be the wide receiver one on that team still. he is. Um, people forget how good Antonio Brown was. Um, um, Niners re-signed Kawan Williams. Um, yeah. The corner. Don't even know. Uh, yeah, again. Bears yeah. signed Desmond Trufant. Also signed. They also signed Damian Williams. That's interesting. Kind of. It's like, uh, how do you deal with David Montgomery? The Texans signed Philip Lindsay, which is a decent move. They already overpaid David Johnson. So the Colt. The Colts re-signed T.Y. Hillen. Uh, the Browns are getting Malik Jackson. Uh, surprisingly, the the Dolphins released Isaiah oh. Wilson after uh, efforts failed to help him with whatever hey, his problems going on. It, the Bengals signed Eli Apple. That that's a cool one. It's funny. That is funny. Former Giant. Uh, funny. Texans uh, are signing Jordan Jenkins. Uh, I don't even know who half of these guys are. So it's like. Uh, something kind of important. The Colts re-signed Xavier Rhodes. He's pretty good, oh, and they re-signed. They re-signed him though. So I mean, not the biggest deal in the world because we already know he was on the team. Deshaun Jackson is now a Ram. Josh Reynolds is now not a Ram. He's and not a, a Ram. He's a Titan. Uh, Mariota re-signed, which is an it. That's an interesting one. I thought Mariota can get a starting job somewhere, but obviously not. Um. Broncos re-signed Kareem Jackson. Brought up Malik Jackson, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
The Seahawks uh, replace Carlos Dunlap and get Kerry uh, Hyder from the 49ers. That guy. <laughs> um, Quan Williams <laughs> is back yeah. with the 49ers. Um, Ricardo Allen, we talked about him. Uh, Damian Harris, we talked about him. And T.Y. Hilton has re-signed. So that, that is all your news. For... It's basically Okay, so for the last 12 minutes or so, me and Matt have compiled um, a NBA uh, playoffs. If the playoffs started today, there is a rule is that we are assuming that their injuries are off. We're turning injuries off in 2K, but... 2K, no injuries. <clears throat> but we are keeping injuries, such as the Lamelo Ball injury and the Clay Thompson injury, which are definitely, in fact, 100% uh Rest no of season more injuries, playing for them. There's no, no coming back. For example, so in this um, hypothetical, Embiid is back. LeBron and AD are both healthy. Uh, Curry is healthy. So, which they probably will all be come playoff time. So, um, we are going to first start by the East play-in tournament. So, Matt, how would the play-in tournament play out? So, right now, the seventh seed is held by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh-huh. Um, who who currently lost Lamella Ball? Uh, they would be playing the uh, the eight seeded Celtics. So as you guys know, the uh, the winner of the seven and eight game plays uh, is the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of a nine ten game, which as of right now would be the Bulls versus the Pacers. And the winner of the nine and ten, so whoever wins the nine ten plays the loser of the seven eight to become the eight seed. It's very I know I didn't speak English. That might have been a little complicated, but it'll make sense come uh, time. So, yeah, that's basically how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so, Matt, how, how does your play in tournament in the East play out? Well, I think the Celtics uh, take advantage of the Lamella ball injury. They take down uh, the Hornets. So the Celtics would now hold the seven seed. So the Hornets would wait to play the winner of Bulls Pacers. And for me, I think the Pacers take it. So the Bulls are out. No more Bulls. Uh, sorry for all you Zach Levine lovers out there. Um, so it would be the Pacers uh, against the Hornets for the 8th spot, and I think the Pacers take it. Pacers at the 10th spot get the 8th spot. Yeah, so in my play-in tournament, it would basically work, uh, I'd say the exact same way. I think the the Celtics would get the seven seed, and the Pacers would get the eight seed, with the Hornets and the Bulls both being out. So, okay, so in the East, Matt, lay me out your first round. Who's winning and how many games? Oh, uh, we got the uh, the 76ers taking on the Pacers. Uh, I think Philly moves on. Uh, that could be a tight series. Uh. The Pacers can surprise some people. Uh, don't get me started about Devontae Sabonis. I don't like him because he always dominates against the Knicks. Um, I think Philly takes that win. Uh, the Nets would be playing the Celtics. I think the Nets get that win. Uh, they've been looking amazing as of late. Uh, the Bucks play the Knicks, guys. Um, yes, I'm going to be biased right now. I think the Knicks take it in seven. This is legitimate. Like, if you think about... What has transpired the past week? We just got uh, Mitch Robinson back. 
like if everyone's healthy on this Knicks team, our starting five would be like Derrick Rose, RJ Barrett, uh, um, Mitch Robinson, Julius Randle, and I'm forgetting one other guy. Bullock. Would yeah, no, well Bullock. Try to think of someone else. Like if we traded, there are a lot of out. There are a lot of speculations that we could be in the mix for trading for Oladipo, so he could be in part of that mix if we do get him. So that would be interesting to see. Um, but that lineup is scare. That lineup is you don't want to mess with this lineup, dude. Uh, and you may think I'm joking, but watch the games that we've actually played very solid uh, over the past couple weeks. Um, and then the Hawks and the Heat. Uh, I feel like this is going to go tighter than people think, but I think I have the Hawks taking it. Um, so, do you want to do your first round, or do I just finish out the East? Yeah, let me do my first round. We'll go round by round. Actually, eh, yeah, finish out your East. Go ahead. Okay, alright, so in the second round, I got Philly and the Hawks, and then Nets and the Knicks. Uh, Philly's going to take down the Hawks. Uh, that might be a tight series. A lot of people are overlooking the Hawks. They got a nice, solid team. Uh, the Nets and the Knicks, as much as I want the Knicks uh, to keep going, uh, I think the Nets are just a little too powerful. Uh, their strength has just is just a little too much for the Knicks. Uh, and I think they are my East champion. They take down the, the 76ers. Okay, so mine is a lot different. I think Matt's um, uh, smoking some crack, so... I got oh, it. whoa, 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 Jake, we have to watch, watch it, watch it. I can't, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, audience, uh, and young, impressionable people, I'm, I'm sorry for my words. Um, uh, Philly versus Indi- Indiana, Philly in five, Brooklyn versus Boston, uh, I'm going to say Brooklyn in six, I think uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown grab a few games, but I don't, I don't think yeah, they can they compete. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee versus New York, Bucks and five. I'm sorry, I'm just being realistic. And I know you are. I don't care. Heat versus the Hawks, Heat and six. I don't think the Hawks are competing with the Heat at any significant level. I think the Heat are really good. I'm um, still okay. So we got, if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, Philly versus the Heat. Uh, man, I'm gonna take. Oh my God! You know what? Hate me for I'm taking Heat in seven. I think the Heat. There you go. <laughs> I think the Heat. Jimmy Butler comes back for the playoffs, and he's just an absolute monster, and takes out Embiid. I think Bam is the only center in the NBA who could guard Embiid. Um, I don't think Jokic can guard him. I don't think Cat could guard him. I think Bam can guard Embiid, and at that point, I think Jimmy Butler. And his supporting cast can pull it off against... They just match up really well against the Sixers. But I'm going to say Heat and 7. And then Brooklyn versus the Bucks. Um, There's going to be no defense played in this series whatsoever. Because nobody on Brooklyn could guard Giannis. And Giannis cannot guard Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden at the same time. I'm going to go Brooklyn in 6 in that series. So... Eastern Conference Finals, we got Brooklyn versus Miami. I'm going Brooklyn in six. That's my prediction. All right. Uh, we're getting tight in timing, so I'm just going to try and uh, speed this up a little bit. Uh, so seven and eight, 
uh, for the West uh, is represented by the Spurs in the seven and the Mavericks in the eight. Um, I got the Spurs. Uh, they take the seven seed. The nine right now is represented by the Warriors, and the ten is represented by the Memphis Grizzlies. I think uh, Curry coming back, the Warriors take it. So they have a chance to play for the eight spot. They play the loser of the seven, eight, which is the Mavericks. Uh, and I think they take it. I think the Warriors take the eight spot. Uh, to all my Mavericks fan, to all my Mavericks Mavericks fans out there, I can't really speak. Uh, I'm not a Mavericks fan myself, but I am a fan of Chris Tass Porzingis. Uh, I got to, uh, I I've met him a couple of times, so he's a really cool dude. Uh, but yeah, uh, got some sympathy for y'all, but I think the Warriors take him down. So the Jazz would be taking on the Warriors in the first round. Uh, I got the Jazz winning that, no problem. I'm not picking games. I I'm not that weird yet. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, so this, and then the, the two seed, the Suns against the Spurs, obviously, I think the Suns are just way too powerful at the moment. Um, and they're taking down the Spurs, a three seeded Clippers against the Trailblazers. This, this might be a tight series. Uh, a lot of people, uh, and Damian Lillard with his clutch shots. I think the Clippers get it, but this could be like a six, seven game series. Um, and then Lakers nuggets. I didn't have an upset in this. Uh, the West, I'm I'm really questioning if I should have. With everyone coming back, I think the Lakers take this in seven. Uh, second round, Jazz and Lakers. Uh, this is where the defending champions uh, lose. Uh, I'm sorry I said that so casually, but I think the Jazz are just, a lot of people are now starting to realize how good the Jazz are, and I think they're just going to come alive in the playoff time. Uh, the Suns would take on the Clippers. This is probably this 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 series, and I I asked. We talked about this earlier, Jake. We definitely agreed. This is seven games, no matter what. Uh, I think the Suns edge it out. Like re- it's going to be really tight. You don't even understand. Uh, and I think the Jazz win the West. Uh, so yeah, that sets up my Nets Jazz final. All right. So um, again, Matt is on the weed, guys. I. I have a lot. Hey, of- <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We have kids that little no, kidding. I don't know who watches and listen to this, but um, watch it. <laughs> Matt's on some crack. Um, so that doesn't help. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> uh, San Antonio versus Dallas. I got Dallas winning. I think Dallas gets the seven seed, and Golden State, Memphis, um, Golden State, Golden State, San Antonio. I think uh, San Antonio is not fit to win one of those games. So I think. Golden State is going to take the eight seed. So Utah versus Curry. Um, I, I don't even consider the Warriors a team. It's it's the Jazz versus Stephen Curry. I think yeah. this game goes to six games, and I think the Jazz win it. I think Curry grabs playoff. Curry grabs a few games. Um, Phoenix Phoenix versus uh, Dallas. I think Phoenix wins in five. I think Chris Paul. And Devin Booker uh, handle Dallas pretty easily. The Clippers, Portland. I got Clippers in seven. I think that game is going to go to seven games, and Clippers win. Uh, Lake Lakers versus Nuggets. I got Lakers in six, not seven. So, uh, same thing. But this is where it gets a bit interesting. So Utah versus the Lakers. I'm taking fully healthy. I'm going to take the Lakers. I feel like the the Jazz are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They've kind of been slowing down. And fully healthy, I think the Lakers can take them down. So I, I'm going to go with the Lakers in 7. 
And then I'm also going to go with the Clippers in seven. I just think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that that combination, it's just it's too much for um, the Phoenix wing defenders to handle, considering that their two best players are guards. I, I just don't think the Clippers match up too well. Okay, so instead of a Utah-Phoenix Western Conference Finals, I have a LA versus LA Western Conference Finals. This, um, I can, you know what? I can see this going either way. This is literally two teams that are perfectly evenly matched. I'm going to go Lakers in seven, but I, I can easily see Clippers in seven. I can see Lakers in six. I can see Clippers in six. This is just a really tight series. And then, yeah, that sets up my Lakers-Nets finals. All right, my Jazz-Nets finals. Again, Jake, you 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 make great points. You are way smarter at me than this at this anyway. That's almost um, correct. Although, although I have been paying attention more than I actually have ever, so is, I got to give myself. You know, Matt, I'm going to give it to you. You have improved in your basketball, your basketball skills with a Z. Um, oh, listen, listen, listen to the first podcast we did when we talked about basketball. Matt had no um, idea what we were doing. Compar- like, we were listing, like, random, yeah. like, role players, and he had, like, no idea what but was com- going on. But compared to now, like... Matt's like, uh, a, Matt's like a uh, genius yeah. compared to, like, six months ago. He's like Einstein. Oh, yeah, genius. So. Yeah, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't genius. But Jazz Nets, uh, we know the, the, the whole Nets trio type stuff uh, with Steve Nash. Um... And then the Jazz. We have the Jazz. Uh, got Rudy Gobert. Or Gobert. Um, that's not me making... That's not me that's si- not joke, knowing who he is. That's me knowing who he is and making a joke. Uh, Gobert. And they got Mitchell. And they got a whole lot of people, too. Underrated snub for the three-point contest that really should have won was Mike Conley. Maybe he um, should have won. <laughs> I think he he should have won. He should have, like... The, the rim should have been nicer. <laughs> 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 what do you mean should have won? I'm kidding. You get like robbed. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, know. Yeah, man, Mike Conley got robbed. Yeah, man. Um, oh, but and then Jordan Clarkson too, dude. A lot of people not talking about Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Um, nice. but in six games, I have this the NBA trophy coming to the state of New York. So. Thank you, and I tr- and I rest my case. Man, oh man, Lakers, Nets. I think, I oh my god, I think LeBron goes down. I think that Kevin, <laughs> I think Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on one basketball team, and I had questions about their chemistry. They are really nice with each other. We we haven't seen them all on the court together too much. But when they are all on the court together, they usually just destroy everyone. James Harden is, you know, he's basically running the show in Brooklyn right now. He's, um, him and Jeff Green are just like, drop. he has like 15 assists and Jeff Green is dropping like 20 a night because Kyrie Irving's out and uh, Durant's out and they're still winning games. With all of them together, it's, it's. I think it's just too much. It's not. I'm not even knocking LeBron. I think LeBron's really good. I think Anthony Davis is really good. I think they make the finals as a low seed, but um, they, it's too much. 
Brooklyn is too much. It's kind of unfair. I feel like this is like this is like what the 2019 Warriors should have been. So I mean, absolutely. I was gonna. I was going to make a Jeff White joke, like a 2K shot joke, but he's actually kind of comp. Yeah, Jeff Green oh. is, like, actually green. Like He's, like, actually guys. green. Yeah, like, he's insane. Don't disrespect Jeff Green. Also, I'm not sure how many of you guys play 2K, um, 2K20, Jeff Green, Pink Diamond card. Pink Diamond, Jeff Green, boys. He's too nice. Anyway, that's going to end uh. our podcast. If you guys can hear my voice, my voice has been deteriorating throughout this podcast. I'm very tired. Um, Dude, you sound tired. I, I sound tired. So we gotta we gotta wrap this up. It's been an hour. It's late. It's like nine thirty Eastern time. Uh, yeah. Tired. We're just trying to get this podcast tired. out of the way. Of course. Um. Uh. Yeah. Expect us with another podcast soon. I feel like. And that is it. Yeah. Please follow right, guys. our TikTok. Please follow our Instagram. Please follow everything that you can. Uh, look us up on everything. Just look us up. Just go Sports Jake and Matt on everything you know. Go- we have a Twitter now. Google we have us. literally zero followers. Be our first follower on Twitter. So, um... Yeah, we have zero followers. We literally have zero followers, but I haven't promoted it on TikTok or anything, so it's fine. I don't care. But please follow All our right, guys. T- Twitter. Have a nice day. I hope your day... Is going better than it should. So, yeah. It's night at this point, dude. It's night at this point. I hope you get a good night's sleep. Um, If you're watching this on Thursday, which I'm assuming a lot of you do, because we post a lot at night. I'm not sure how many of y'all are staying up till like midnight listening to our podcast. It's not really a smart idea. So, if it's Thursday, I hope you have a good Thursday. And I hope you enjoyed our recap of everything. So, thank you very much for watching. Have a great day. See you later. I will see you later in our next podcast. So, bye, guys.